I've decided I'm I can't watch any more kids movies. I'm it's they're oh, atrophying God, my brain. I actually think it was when Little Romance was around nine that I just was like done. Yeah, my daughter's nine, and I just like I, just I remember can't do the it last anymore. movie I watched. It was cute. It was called Big Hero Six. Oh, I it's can, so cute that one. So cute. But I was like, I'm gonna end on a high note, and I never watched another kids movie. I just ever. don't. I just don't want to. <laughs> and so, and. And we only have, you know, we live in a, like, fairly small house. We have one television. Like, and I said to her the other day when I was like, kiddo, we're going to start watching, like, grown-up movies. Like, you're going to start, like, and she was like, but I don't want to. They're boring and whatever. And I was like, listen, when I was your age, (laughs) (laughs) I watched Jaws. We didn't have Disney Plus and, like, Netflix for kids and all this shit. We watched Dynasty and we didn't understand what was happening and we dealt with it (laughs) this is actually a great transition to today's episode oh sarah yeah because i okay so every maybe we should introduce ourselves or do you want me to just like tell the story first you're listening to faded mates everyone and i'm sarah mclean i read romance novels and i write them and i'm jennifer prokop a romance reader and editor okay tell us what you watched I have to tell you about little art. Sorry, Mr. Reed's Romance has a plan, and then I'm going to tell you we're transitioning. You got a whole list of things. I have, I have a list. I get, okay. we're, get, we're getting down to it. We watched the 2016 remake of Ghostbusters, which I had not read. Uh, I had not oh, seen. Oh, perfect. It's Listen, so funny. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's so funny. It's hilarious. Now, I went to Common Sense Media, which is absolute absolutely full of nonsense people everyone but it is valuable if you can separate wheat from chaff so because i was mostly like original ghostbusters i probably watched when i was around her age and i am still traumatized when i go to the new york public library a little too scary that librarian is terrifying (laughs) and the jump scare it's the jump scare i think i think like with her last night my first ever jump scare was Ghostbusters. And so um, I was a little bit like, mm, is it going to be too scary? So I went to Common Sense Media and my God, there were so many comments about swear words. And as you all know, I don't give a shit about that. Um, and in fact, there is a swear jar in our house that I have to fill up and my daughter keeps me honest. Every time I swear a quarter goes in there, and this kid is rich off Thank of God my terrible language. Yeah. She'd be sending me so, a bill quarterly. I know. And I was like, this is all fine. Like, I don't care about any of this. And, and, but fundamentally, it was just like, well, it might be scary, but it, it's Ghostbusters scary. We, I used it that way too, because you could watch, like, at, at Common Sense Media, you can say, like, violence or like scary stuff or whatever and that's just, little romance was the same way like i didn't care about any of that it was like but i knew what would scare him yeah because i just don't what i don't want is to be woken up at three in the morning with what if a portal to hell opens on <laughs> 43rd street or wherever that is so um but anyway the takeaway is everyone if you haven't seen that movie it is a absolute delight i laughed out loud multiple times i mean it is four of the funniest people in the world right now yes Um, and chris hemsworth who is also incredibly funny in a way i did not expect amazing himbo representation in that in that movie what 
a ding dong. And my daughter thought it was great. It was like we broke the seal on watching big movies, movies that we can all somehow get behind. And um, hit me up on Twitter. Well, I'm not on Twitter, but hit me up on Instagram at Faded Mates Pod or at my actual name, Sarah McLean. Um, and tell me what other movies we should watch with my nine-year-old because I'm in for it. I'm I ready. have a recommendation for you. One of my favorite movies is – have you ever seen the movie Fly Away Home? No. What is that? Okay. It is with Anna Paquin when she was a teenager. So it's like probably from the mid-90s. And she um, – I think her mom dies and she has to go live with her dad who she barely knows. And she discovers a clutch of like Canada – this in Canada – of geese eggs – and she saves them, but they imprint on her. And then she and her dad and her uncle, like, build ultralights to, like, take them south for the winter. Huh. All and right. it is, like, a terrific, like, family movie, but it's, like, really good. It's really, like, yeah. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. So hit me up. Swears are fine. Sure. A little bit of violence is even fine, but, like... Yeah, not the super scary stuff. Don't recommend me Guillermo del Toro because I don't think she'll be down with it yet. Um, okay, uh, before I get to our transition. To Wait, topic, what does Mr. Romance want? Oh, my God. So listen, everybody, this is actually really cute. So we have been joking on text that we should have a, an episode with Eric and Mr. Reed's romance about music because that is really – Mr. Reed's romance is like an encyclopedia of music and so is Eric. Yep. And – so then Mr. Reed's romance, he's like, well, I've got an idea about how we could do it. Like, I sort of, like, say this to him in a joking way. He knows nothing about the podcast. It's so cute. So he's like, I've been thinking about how we could do it. I was like, okay, tell me. And he's like, well, you know how you're always, like, talking about, like, tropes and stuff? <laughs> Your little tropes is how Your he refers tropes. to them. <laughs> exactly. He's like, you could, like, give us a trope and then we could tell you songs. Oh. And, like, go with it. Here would be I have an ad, I can add to this. What if every time we do an interstitial, we just tell them what the topic is, and then at sure. the end, make some pop culture references. Yeah, it's Mr. Romance and Eric weigh in. So anyway, I was like, okay, you mean like enemies to lovers? And he's like, okay, let me think. And then like for the past week, every time you know we oh, like, yeah. all of a sudden he's like, okay, what about? And I was like, oh, that's a good one. I think this is great. I know Eric is down. He's right now building a Spotify list as we speak. See? Exactly. It's just like he feels it in the ether. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, it's been really cute. And he's been – we've been like sort of talking about things. Okay. That's so nice. I'm glad that he's with us now. He he saw pictures of Fade of Mates live in New York City. And was like, that looks And was fun. like, oh, it's this is like a real thing. <laughs> Yes, that's exact. It's pretty it's much like exactly the first time my mom realized my books were not just going to be printed at Kinko's. <laughs> well, wait. So wait, but why does this tie in with okay. today's all right, so, All right. I, everybody, am old. And I was thinking this morning because, okay, today's topic is Runaway Bride. And I was thinking about, like, where I imprinted first on this topic. And it is not. In books, it was in a 1977 classic called Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, yeah, it was. And I, of course, was too young to watch Smokey and the Bandit. When I was not alive yet. I just want to right? say that. <laughs> okay, I was alive, but too too little to watch it. But when I was – but, you know, when you were a kid in the 80s – That's what was on. <laughs> you, you just were at the mercy of what was on the three channels that existed or the four. They're like – Right. And one of them was just like the like where like the reruns were. I don't remember what we called those channels. 
And Smokey and the Bandit was on a lot because I think I've probably seen that movie no fewer than a million times. Oh, absolutely. And in this movie, okay, which I have not seen in a million years. I've seen a million times, but not recently. Although I was kind of like, maybe I'll rewatch it today. Mm, I don't know if that's a good idea. It's. I think it has probably uh, is a bad idea in some ways. And it's very strongly a cab. I mean, right? Like, the, so here's the plot, yeah, everybody. Sure. Basically, I mean, there is Burt no Reynolds. As Burt Reynolds is handsome, the and plot Sally is Field Burt Reynolds. is cute. The plot is Burt Reynolds <laughs> drives around in a Trans Am and makes a bunch of dumb cops look Be stupid. Be in a dirt bag. Yes. <laughs> And at one point, so basically, like the real, there's like a road race, and he's the distracting driver from his friend who's like moving a a, a semi full of stolen like booze, I think. And Sally Field is like running away from her marriage, and he like basically comes to this like you know I think it's in like Mississippi or Alabama, I can't remember. Like a, I mean, it's like the. Uh, like, it's really lush, green, like, kind of highway. I mean, it's, like, all imprinted. And he comes to this, like, screaming halt. And she, like, jumps in the car with her wedding dress and then is, like, taking it all off and, like, throwing it out oh, the window. Sally Field is a goddamn American treasure. Yes. She's the greatest. It is. Uh, and I was – so it's funny because as I was thinking about this trope this morning, I was kind of – because I was thinking, oh, like, there's that Runaway Bride movie with, with Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. 1999. A classic, but I was like, that's not my first movie, Runaway Bride. It was Sally Field. And if you have to have a first, it should always be Sally Field. Agree. It's like She's so cute. Yes. Great. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sorry, but like, if you do not understand, all of these people who like are really into mustaches right now should definitely check out 70s. Burt Reynolds. I mean, there was a man who yeah. could rock fucking facial hair. He had a very substantive. So here's the thing: Eric is a beard guy. He he almost always has a beard, um, and it's really interesting to me because we have talked about mustache and not not as a choice for for him, but just in general. <laughs> in general, you have to have a really substantive upper lip. Yeah. To get a real solid mustache going. Like a Burt Reynolds, the guy, the other guy, that hot guy who was in Friends for a while. Thank you. Tom Selleck. Very good looking man. And But it really does take a particular kind of face. Which is why whenever, it, like right now I see, I see B, B and her books out there shilling for mustaches. And I'm telling you, you don't want it for everyone. You know, very <laughs> particular upper lip. <laughs> but there is actually, I did some, I did a little bit of research, and I'll we'll put this link in show notes. But there is, um, there is a great piece called "The Bizarre Genre of Runaway Bride Rom Coms." Ooh, um, that's like a substance like i think somebody probably wrote this for possibly as like a chapter of a dissertation it's very substantive um and it has a bunch of really it has a great number of books that i actually really love including uh, not books uh movies including maid of honor with patrick dempsey which oh, yeah. is great sure um and uh something borrowed with uh Kate Hudson and of course the classic my best friend's wedding which um you know 
Sure. Has Cameron Diaz losing her mind. You know what's funny is people talk about like their favorite like movie. Like a lot of people like really lean into like the like the famous movie rom coms of the eighties and nineties, like when Harry met Sally and stuff, but like where's the love for overboard? With Goldie Hawn, which is an American classic, I will say. Terrific. Listen, uh, if you love Overboard and you would like the romance novel version of that book, Sophie Jordan wrote it. Yeah, you've told us that before. That's right. I can't remember what the name of the book is. I don't know because we between us refer to it as Bride Overboard. Because... (laughs) That's what it's called in my head. Um, Amazing. That's right. Like, doesn't she get pushed overboard on her? It's called How to Lose a Bride in One Night. Um, and the here the, uh, the villain of this book, this the heroine. This is sort of a good place to start, actually, because it's like runaway bride, but not really. Um, they get married. I wasn't intending to to talk about this book. So you know what? I apologize for not knowing any of the names here, but I do know the one. Um, so she gets, she marries some guy who's a fortune hunter. And then he decides he definitely does not want to marry this woman, but he would like to have her fortune. So they get on a honeymoon, bar, like a barge and they're going down the river or like down the ocean. I don't know, a barge. So probably a river. And um, he decides he's going to murder her on her wedding night. So he tosses her overboard thinking like, well, she's just going to die. And then she washes up on the shore where she is saved by like this basically like hermit earl. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, that's the stuff And she has a broken leg. So he has to like set the leg and then help her like heal and then he teaches her how to fight and protect herself listen teach teaches her how to fight and there is one of those scenes where like he's like wrapped around her like showing her how to like hold a blade Mm -hmm. or something i can't remember but it's i remember it being hot so and then he but he of course like can't possibly marry her and then the villain comes back and it's all very exciting so um, so she's like a runaway bride by kind circumstance. Of by, by circumstance. Now, you have written some runaway brides. I feel like historicals have like a good amount of runaway brides. So let's let's talk about it. Two days ago, I was like, I've written one runaway one runaway bride, and it was Heartbreaker, which is my most recent book. And uh Adelaide, the main character, the protagonist is um, (laughs) she is in the prologue at her wedding, which is like a political wedding between rival gangsters. Like she is the daughter of like the king of like the South Bank underground and she is being married to a rival gangster. And then there's a literal gang war. This is not. Oh, spoiler. This is literally page one. There is a literal gang war at the wedding. At the wedding. <laughs> and it's she amazing. takes off. And um, then the the like world of the Hell's Bells picks up however many years later, five years later or something. Um, so she's not technically a runaway. I mean, she, she is a runaway bride. Yeah. I feel like this is where we have to get into the weeds a little bit because I feel the importance of the runaway bride as a trope, is that the actual running away takes her into the arms of the the new person, whoever that new person is. So, like, I've also – I was reminded this morning 
by just looking at my bookshelf that I also wrote No Good Duke Goes Unpunished, where the heroine runs from a terrible, like, old dude who she is supposed to marry. And um, it, she is in a pickle. <laughs> And as part of the running away, she, she really accidentally is. fakes her own death, which she did not <laughs> intend to do. But, you know, that's what happens. And then uh, she ends up she she fakes her own death in the bed of his son, her terrible fiance's son, and then uh, disappears for several years and then returns to this son who believes who cannot remember. He blacked out that night and he cannot remember if he did, in fact, kill her or not. And everybody thinks he did kill her and hid the body. And she turns up very much alive and kind of apologetic. And he's like, you ruined my whole life. But then they fall in love. So I have not written a traditional runaway bride. But now it's on my list. I kind of ran into a little bit of feelings, Mm. I'll say, about whether or not left at the altar. Yes, how it how that intersects there is something there right and so i kind of just was like you know a wedding in chapter 1 yeah <laughs> it's like where i like landed you know but i think often there's a it's two books a lot of contemporary writers yes i'm thinking about like susan susan elizabeth phillips amanda sinelli uh I think Jill Shalvis has a series where there's a duology and one is the runaway bride and the other is like the the person who is left at the altar. Yeah. Tessa Bailey. Oh, yeah. Getaway girl and runaway girl, right? Like, you know, even if it's like a broken engagement, right? It's kind of like does the act of breaking that engagement or breaking that, you know, Mm. bring you into the arms of your like real lover? I do think it's different. I, for me, a runaway, a true runaway bride to fit this trope. This bitch is in a dress. She's got to be in a dress. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. that's also part of the humor of it. Yes. Right? There's right. so much discussion right now about rom coms, and I know, I know, everybody out there wants us to weigh in on this, and um, I think we've we're on the record. Uh, I know Jen is on the record if you follow her on Twitter, just causing trouble over there, um, but. But I do think, like, part of the humor of Runaway Bride, and there has to be a little humor. Like, it can't just be. Which is why Bride Overboard, Sophie Jordan's Runaway Bride, is not really a Runaway Bride story. That's not how we think of it. Because you – there has to be the humor of literally a person washing up (laughs) wherever they land in a wedding dress. Right. And almost all of the books that I've chosen are very funny in that moment. That's why Left at the Altar hits different because Left at the Altar is broken hearted. Right. Right. One only one of the books I think that I've picked has Runaway Bride later in the book. Mm, Interesting. Okay, Which I think is also something interesting, like for me, for the trope to really be like the full banana. It has to be at the start. Woman in a dress in the first chapter. I I also want to say I did go looking for like, had I ever read an MM? Me too, right? I was kind of like, can I find one? Runaway groom? I will say I am certain that I have recently, like within the last year, read 
FF Runaway Bride. Like, and it's possible that I read Runaway Bride M, like the she's marrying a man and then ends up in the arms of a woman. But I cannot for the life of me remember what book that is. And so if you are out there and you do remember it, please tell me. But I do, th- I think it does hit different. I think this is one of those, like, this is a real heteronormative trope. Because weddings are so dumb. <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah, I've right. had one. I sure. enjoy going to them. You should invite me to yours. The wedding industrial complex is a thing. And it's like, yeah, right. And the I, money and the whole business, right? It, it is a real, it's a whole pageantry that is very, like, heteronormative. So we've also done Married in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that's really interesting about this trope, along with, like, heading into the arms of another, like, the whatever was happening at that wedding, mm-hmm. it's almost always the case that, like, later the characters were like, this isn't what I wanted, This is right? You know what I mean? Like, there's always this way in which, like, the repudiation of the wedding itself becomes like the repudiation or like the unpacking of what was wrong with that relationship. Mm-hmm. There was no other way for this relationship to end but at the altar because for whatever reason, things were so broken that, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, it's a really big dramatic, like melodramatic set piece of a way to start a book. But it's also really putting main characters in what I would imagine is the most horrifying moment of, like, humiliation, I can imagine. I mean, awful, in front of 500 people or however many people. I think there's ways we talk about, like, we writ large, right? Talk about, like, relationships that didn't work out. Is like, I wasted my time. Like, right? Like, was that wasted energy or effort? Was that wasted? And I think, you know, in a normal thing sometimes you'd be like i can understand that there was good in that or whatever but like at that moment you are literally throwing away mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars all you know what i mean like there's just something too that's so visceral about it this week's episode of faded mates is sponsored by souk core author of komal needs london so this one is perfect for anybody who, like me, really enjoys a bodyguard and a celebrity just smashing together <laughs> and also just smashing. <laughs> Cast in her mother's next film, our protagonist, Komul, is about to become Hollywood's newest breakout star. But she realizes, like, this is going to come with a life-changing amount of stuff. She is going to become somebody, she's going to be recognizable to the wide world. And so she decides like in the lead up, she's going to take one last chance to be free and alone and anonymous. And so she's going to do that on a London vacation, which is exactly what I would choose to. Como, I'm with you. And she's going to be free and alone and alone and alone. Except Except for her super hot special forces. Kuan Lee is sent with her to London <laughs> to keep her safe. And uh, Komal doesn't love it. 
she has decided that she had a very clear plan. He is not supporting this plan. And so she's going to just mess with him. She's going to take him with her on messy pub crawls. She is going to make him sleep in shared bunk beds in hostels. <laughs> she is going to force him to watch her pick up men for one night stands. And he is going to take it. Except he's going to feel a lot of feelings inside his hard ex-special forces shell. And then what will happen when the lights turn on and she's a celebrity and he's her bodyguard. And I can't wait. It's going to be great. So you can check out this delicious Forbidden Love bodyguard romance. Comal Needs London in print. It is also available to read with your Kindle Unlimited subscription. Please check it out. And thank you to Souk Kaur for sponsoring this week's episode. So have you ever been invited to a wedding that has been canceled? (gasps) I have. So can I tell you the story? Yes. All right. I'm going to do this. And um. I'm so wildly proud of my friend for doing this that, like, I hope she's listening because I'm going to just – she's a true queen. Um, So I had a friend who was in a very, very long-standing relationship with a man who was fine, I guess. And, like, we all just kind of thought, like, oh, he's fine, I guess. And – but, like, it was one of those situations where, like, they were – she want. I mean, it was just going to happen. Like at yeah, some point, it right. feels inevitable. We've all we all know that, right? Like at some point, it's like, well, it's I. It's there's no other way. This path is. We are walking this path. So, they got engaged. They they planned an elaborate wedding. I mean, it was four hundred people. People flying in from all over the country. Like our whole group of friends from college were coming in. Some of us from all over the world. It was a big to do. And we had all like sent our gifts and like booked our hotel rooms and whatever. And three days before we were set to leave for this wedding, my phone rang and it was my friend's aunt. Because the big question is, how do you cancel a wedding, right? Sure. It was my friend's aunt. And she said, I'm calling to tell you the wedding is off. And like... Let me tell you, in that moment, there are about 200 questions that go through your head. Oh, sure. And you cannot ask any of them. So I will tell you what I asked, which I believe is the only appropriate question for that moment, which is, is my friend okay? Okay, right. And she, the aunt paused and said, she will be. And that was that. And then my friend went dark. The wedding gifts were all returned. A box arrived with a beautiful water water for crystal vase that I use to this day because what am I going to do with this gift? So, and uh, the the I mean, like I can only imagine the sheer amount of planning it takes to cancel a wedding, and then later we discovered that of course he had been a total dirtbag and. She, like, came to her senses, like, a week – or not came to her senses. She had been thinking it, of course, for weeks slash months, possibly longer, but felt like she was on this, like, 
this she was being pulled along by this current. Everyone in her whole life was working toward this one afternoon that would then begin like an eternity with this man who she frankly did not care, uh, like no longer, no longer loved because he did not deserve her love to begin with. And she, I guess, went to her parents like three or four days before the like before they called off the wedding. And she was like, I'm horrified. Like, what do I do? And her parents were great parents. And they were like, you fucking call off the wedding. Who cares? Yeah, like, who we'll, cares? Yeah, we'll sort it through. And so they did. And it was very dramatic and apparently extremely emotional, I'm sure, for everyone. And now she is married to another very delightful person. And they have three beautiful kids. And every time I get their Christmas card, I'm like, listen, this woman was the heroine of her own play. And she did the job. And she found somebody who worships her, who deserves her far more than that other jerk. But I'll tell you, that was amazing. That is amazing. Because you don't – you hear about it and you read about them. But that's like book shit. That's not like real shit. But you don't yeah. actually – but no, it happened. And of course you can imagine. Like I don't think we had texting then because it was a long time ago. It was like right after I got out of – it was pretty quick. We They were very young. We were all very young. Um, but I could tell you my phone rang for like oh, hours sure. that night. I'm sure. I'm sure. We were all like, who knows <laughs> what? Who knows everything? <laughs> okay, so uh, we've been chatting, uh, like, wildly. Banter, what else, banter, banter. What else? Okay, do you have other books we should recommend? Let's talk about some romance novels. Right. Yeah, let's talk about books. What Should we start? Let me start with, I'm actually going to start with the book that I mentioned that does not have The Runaway Bride at the beginning. Although, I guess it kind of does now that I'm looking at it. It's a double Runaway Bride book. Okay, so it 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 is a double one runaway bride book. Okay, I want to talk about Judith McNaught's Until You. As everybody knows, I am an avowed McNaught stan. I will hear no no criticism of her. She's amazing in all ways. Um, this is the one where Sheridan, the heroine, is um, she is the governess. She's like just a just a girl who like didn't get. The like was never picked off to be married. So she became a governess. She is governess to a kind of, um, you know, a young ingenue who like really just is pure vibes, I think we could say. And uh, they are she is betrothed, the young ingenue to Stephen Westmoreland, who you will all remember from um as the brother of Clayton Westmoreland, hero of um, Whitney, my love, which maybe, yeah, you should read the new version and not the old version. Um, anyway, so she's betrothed to Stephen. All of it is is fine. She's an American heiress. She's on a. They're on a boat. They're coming over to England to basically like meet Stephen and get married. And her. Um, <laughs> Her charge is like, no, I, I'm i not gonna. So I guess this is like sort of a, she's not in a dress, but she does do a little bit of a runaway bride from the beginning. So Sheridan is like, well, you have to say something to this man. You can't just like get, not get off the boat. Like you have to, you have, you have to tell him and no, no, that's not going to happen. So Sheridan uh, decides that she is going to, so she deboats 
empty boats. That's not right. But she like leaves the boat, disembarks. That's the word. Listen, I write. I'm a writer. I write things for a living. She disembarks. Uh, she is walking down what I envision always as like a big gang gangway, a plank uh, to the docks. And a. I'm sorry for a minute. I was like, is she about to say gang bang? What's happening? <laughs> no, I do know that word. Um, and a large carton of stuff falls that is being put onto a boat falls on her, knocks her unconscious and into amnesia. Now. Stephen, our hero, has seen this all go down, and he is just <laughs> devastated because he is convinced this is his bride. And so he, of course, collects her because this is his future bride, and he takes her home to, like, make her better and keep her safe and healthy. until And she wakes up, and she doesn't remember who she is, and she's, like, super devastated because she can't remember being engaged to this beautiful man. And they fall in love, Jen. Yeah, they do. And then she comes to and remembers, like, she gets, I don't know, knocked. I don't actually remember how. Probably she gets knocked on the head again. And then their amnesia is gone and she is back to realizing that, like, she has basically fallen in love with this man. And he thinks that she is the American heiress who right. she was betroth- he was betrothed to. And, in fact, <laughs> she is none of those things. And she lies to him for a little bit. And then when he finds out the truth, he is not happy. Oh, of course not. And so he does what McNaught heroes often do, which is he is a fucking asshole. <laughs> I bet he is really, truly terrible because, boy, God, we were raised on like the worst. Yeah. And they like. are supposed to get married. Like, so this is where the runaway bride moment happens is and Sheridan is like, well, obviously I'm not doing this. And she runs and he can't find her. And then he has to find her. That's the stuff right there. And then he has to find her. And he has to apologize for being a, an absolute dirtbag. Oh, when they run away and they can't be found. Because Amazing. he loves her so much. And it doesn't matter that she's not an American heiress. Because he's probably rolling around in money. I, yeah. I mean, he come probably on. He's a Westmoreland. Right? Like, of course. Like, he's like, a, I don't know why I was worried about your money. Money literally just, like, falls out of my ears when I shake it. Okay. So, anyway, it's great. There is a there is a she is a runaway bride and then he can't find her. And what's interesting about this is that it is very rare, I think, that you have a runaway bride situation where then they get back together. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, usually it's like, you know, that first one is done. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't actually have a lot of historical runaway brides, although I feel like there are many Yes. And I don't know why then I can't remember the ones I like. You know, my theory about this is that I think that there are many. I think it's not a trope in historical, I think. Or it is a trope in historical, but it's not. It's such – it is a common enough thread in historicals. That it's like that not worth – we just yeah. don't think of it as that particular kind of – Yeah. You know, invariably it's like, oh, you know, a girl who doesn't – who just like doesn't want to marry – whoever her dad has hooked her up with. Right. Which is a different kind of thing because I think also for the trope to really work, there has to be emotion involved in the choice to run. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so I have uh, a Kylie Scott, uh, you know, a fave of mine. Oh, is it the bar one? Yes, dirty. Are we going to talk about it too? 
No. But oh, I know okay. which one you're all talking right. about. <laughs> but Jen, I've read all the books. So. <laughs> Her name is Lydia, I think. And um, the book begins with her on her wedding day in her wedding dress. Her um, soon-to-be husband is named Chris. He is uh, – they've, like, never had sex because he comes from, like, a religious family. And, you know, he'd sort of said – like, you know what I mean? Like, there are all these, like, things that it, once the inciting incident essentially is that she gets a video of Chris with the best man. And she is like, and it's like one of those things where it's like she sees it and just like everything clicks into place, right? And she, yeah, and she's like, oh my God, I he was essentially using me to like, right? I was going to just be married him forever while he was having, you know, the person he really loves is the best man. It's not me. And she is just like, <laughs> like it's like that. I think the other thing I love about this trope, it's so terrible. It's like the fight or flight thing kicks in. And so she is like, okay, I have to run away. And the way she's going to do it is essentially like by going over a fence. <laughs> you remember this part? And her, a little, um, a little girl, right, is, uh, you know, it's like, Aunt Lydia, what are you doing climbing the fence? Are you playing the game? <laughs> Can I play too? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's uh -huh. just this moment where, like, and I think Kylie Scott like, has a great sense very of, funny. right, like, what is, would just be, like, here's this, you know, and, and the thing I also love is Lydia is like, I'm going to let Chris go in there and tell everybody that I, I'm not, I'm not telling people what happened, right? So, you know, they're really like kind of, you know, this little girl is is basically, I don't know, the whole scene is just honestly really funny. And what she ends up running away into essentially is um, the arms of Vaughn, who was a like in the stage dive series was like a backup, like, a you know, he had his own band. Yeah, he was of, always like, like around. Out. Yeah, exactly. And she basically goes, it's like his house, I think, like in through his w window to like just escape. Yeah. <laughs> there right? it is. It's the best. Yes. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, and she's just like, uh, like climbs into this window and she's just like, I can't let them find me. Like, I just, you know what I mean? She's just like, I'm crying and it's, and she's like in his bathtub. I mean, the whole thing is honestly I love it. just... Really, like, if what you want from this trope is just, like, the completely bananas, like, fleeing from the wedding. Yep. This this book really delivers. Um, and because it's Kylie, it's just going to be, like, a really great, fun read, right? So it's, like, the literally the man I was looking for was next door all along. I love it. Okay. I have another. I have one in a bathroom, too. So um, have you read... We've never talked about Helena Hunting here, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Okay. So I really love Helena Hunting for that sort of like, I'm looking for something like easy and light and that's going to just nail it, right? Like yeah. she is one of the authors who just always hits it for me. And um, and I think that's part of why like we don't, we, we don't often talk about those authors, but we should do an interstitial about those authors because there are like a handful of authors who like just every time they have a book out, I'm, I like don't read it right away, but I like clock it and think like one day I'm just going to not know what to read and it's going to be this. So Helena Hunting wrote a book called Hooking Up. 
It begins with um, a the heroine, Amelie, who everybody calls Amy. Um, she is at her wedding reception. So she has been married. And everyone at all of a sudden it's clear that everyone at the wedding reception can hear two people banging it out like in the next room and it's the groom and this like woman who like is the guest of someone like she's like the plus one of someone in the in the wedding party or in the wedding and so obviously she's like i'm out no so she like pieces out like runs out of the out of the reception goes into like the bridal suite bathroom or whatever and is inside the bathroom and she starts she grabs a piece of scissors a a set of scissors and she (laughs) just starts to cut the dress off herself like just like i'm getting yeah because she can't get out because like she can't get out of it you can't get out of those things people to help you get out of them and she there it's a huge elaborate wedding and she's wearing this crazy dress and so she's just she's like fuck it, I'm going to cut myself out of this wedding, this wedding dress. So meanwhile, uh, this guy, uh, Lex Lexington, is a wedding guest and he is like miserable because he has brought like the most inane plus one he can think of to this wedding. And he's very bored and he's just like, I just, I need like, I need like a minute to just myself. And so he like, Sneaks into the bridal suite to just, like, collect himself. And he stumbles upon Amy cutting the wedding dress off herself. And he's like, I feel like (laughs) there's something going on here. Like, you have come undone. What is going on? And he has missed what is happening outside. And she looks at him and she's like, you brought this woman to my wedding. wedding. And now she is boning the groom. And he is like whoa, I am really sorry, but also you are going through a thing. Stop cutting your dress off yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) And she's like, all right, fine, I'll stop. But as punishment to my groom, I want you to do me. And he's like, obviously, that's absolutely not going to happen. And she's like, no, but you've always been a little hot for me. And that is true. And oh, so she, she knows like, him. Okay. Yeah. Climbs him and he is so noble. This is like chapter two. He's so noble. And he's like, You are in a mental place and you will regret this. We are not doing this. And then her best friend like barges in and is like, What the hell is happening? Get off him. <laughs> Amazing. It's very delightful. But anyway, the way that the book, you know, pans out is Amy is like, I'm going on the honeymoon, one of my favorite tropes. Oh, I love that. I'm going on the honeymoon. Yes. So she goes on the honeymoon. And guess who's there for work, Jen? That guy. The bathroom guy. Just for work, like randomly at an island in the Caribbean. (laughs) I mean, obviously, that's how it works. I like 800 islands in the Caribbean. trips at places people go on honeymoons. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That happens all the time. So he's there, too. And, of course, sure. they fall in love. And then it's just, like, a really terrific – it's just, like, a very a very well-paced, like, great contemporary. So that's Helena Hunting's Hooking Up. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by E.F. Dodd, author of A Higher Standard. 
everyone knows about loving enemies to lovers. And in this case, we have Gideon West, Golden Touch real estate developer. Great name. (laughs) Right? He's hungry for his next challenge. And so he has his sights set on this, like, farmland outside of Mimosa, North Carolina, right? So he heads down there to, like, find out, make sure this is, like, the land that he needs. And what what does he do but run into next his new next-door neighbor, Everest Kennedy. She owns a horse farm that has been struggling. She's finally turned it all around. And guess what she has had her eye on? She does not want him developing that land she needs. She needs it herself. She has her eye on that 100 acres. And so this is like a real clash, right? Because she is not about to let any man keep her from like kind of realizing these plans that Some she has. Some Yankee real estate developer. <sighs> but he's got this delightful dimpled grin and these beautiful blue eyes. Oh, boy. So, yeah, if you like a slow burn enemies to lovers, you should definitely check out a higher standard. You can read a higher standard right now in print or ebook or with your monthly subscription to Kindle Unlimited. Thanks to EF Dodd for sponsoring the episode. I'm going to recommend this book even though I have not read it in a gazillion years. And this is purely based on the strength of the fact that I believe in Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Mhm. Right? So, um, The Great Escape. Yeah. Right? Have you read uh-huh. this one? Of course I've read this one. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, I haven't read it in, well, it came out 10 years this ago. Has, so. This is the book that has the, the it has yes. the, the second book, too. So, Lucy is the bride, and she basically is, I think the thing that's also interesting about Lucy, if I remember correctly, is... She's always, she's not the type to, like, run out of the church in her wedding dress, right? No. And she also, like, disappears, like, hitches a ride, like, jumps on the back of a motorcycle and, like, takes off, right? Yep. And so um, she ends up, like, it's, you know, just sort of, like, with this guy and they, like, spend this time together and... um. Yeah, it's just like a and it, like I also love the new cover of this book. At least, literally has like the bride running away. What's the other one? What's the it's corollary. so the Great Escape is the second book. The first book is um, Call Me Irresistible, and this is the book that so and that is left hero left at the altar. Yes, and the hero of Call Me so Lucy jilts the hero. What's his name? Ted Ted Bodine at. The altar. And Ted's whole deal is that he's, like, the greatest lover who ever (laughs) lived. And, like, he's amazing in all ways. I want to say he's a golfer? Yes. He is a a secondary character in my favorite of her books, which is the one about Kenny. (laughs) those names. Nobody writes books like Susan when it comes to names. Uh, I don't know who that is. No. Is oh my it god, Glitter well, Baby? The, no, it's the one. It's Lady Be Good. Oh, in, in, all right. And, and she is like this British school teacher with like a parasol, like literally. She's oh like god. the headmistress, and she comes to Wynette, Texas, and like tangles with Kenny, who's like this like famous like like golf. He's great at golf, but he is like the 
just like this playboy. Like he's just like such a himbo, basically. And she's the only one who, oh my God, it's just, oh, anyway, sorry. But Ted is a secondary character in that book. Okay. So like a teenager, I think. Meg, the heroine of Call Me Irresistible, and Lucy are best friends. And Meg is also the child of movie stars from, I guess, Glitter Baby then must be the – so she – it's like a second generation thing. Anyway, we're all – if you read Susan Elizabeth Phillips, it's just like the Phillips universe, right? Anyway, but Meg clocks immediately at the beginning of the – of like before the wedding that Lucy does not want to marry Ted, that she is having cold feet and second thoughts. And so she um, breaks – essentially like helps Lucy like – encourages Lucy to jilt him and then gets like basically is like I'll cover for you and then she covers for Lucy and then Ted is so furious with her that like he vows to like you know destroy her and then they fall for each other and my favorite thing about Call Me Irresistible is that Ted is supposed to be like the greatest lover ever in the world and they have this they have sex for the first time and he's like she's it's I'm in nobody has ever ever not had a great time with me in bed and she's like "Mm, it's like technically perfect but (laughs) you're sort of missing like anything interesting and he is horrified i mean it is great so um that's that's that is worth reading both of those books because you get the full story well and again i think like if you're looking for like the true like really you're gonna laugh right like this is it's a real rom-com yes it's amazing so yeah you should definitely check out those two i have a couple of like sleepers that i think you're gonna be excited about okay all right, I know you've read this one, and I'm wondering if it's in your head yet, if you if it was in your head, but L. Kennedy's Hotter Than Ever. Yes. Okay, listen. By the way, everyone, because I was doing a little research on this, this has been retitled oh. on Amazon. Because this, this, okay, this is part of a really fucking great series, everybody, <laughs> called the Out of Uniform series. It's all super hot. I think about these books often. I read these books often. All the time. They're so sexy and fun, and they're all about, like, polyamorous relationships with, like, Navy SEALs and Green Berets, and, like, it's fine. As it should be. We all deserve Everybody is, like, these are all, like, oh, God, the military-industrial complex. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) Listen, I don't care. I I don't care. Listen. Well, I've already confessed to everybody that I'm, like, a sucker for a military romance, and these just deliver on all... It, yeah. One of my favorites of these, uh, they have sex in an elevator the first time they meet. They get trapped in an elevator. Oh, that's She's your, like, really whole nervous. thing. Yeah, it's totally. It's amazing. Okay. So the, this whole series has sort of been, like, rebranded. And some of the books are together in, like, like some of the early ones were novellas. So Hotter Than Ever is now called Ladies' Men. Oh, all right. And it's fine. And I looked because it's the same thing. Claire's left at the altar. Yes. Yes. So were you going to talk about this too? No, you go. I mean, yes, but you go. I mean, I was it's like... fine. So yeah, Claire is left at the altar and it is so embarrassing for her. Oh God, yeah. It's and terrible. she's like, I have no choice. I have to leave the state. <laughs> I mean, 
she it's not the state but like so she goes to san diego because her brother is friends with one of them dylan i think and um he was gonna be his her brother-in-law though right oh yeah 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 you're right see i didn't check this before i put it on my list but yes so she was yes she was to marry his brother and then so she goes to his apartment and he's like you can stay with me. My brother's an asshole. I can't believe this happened. Yeah, like, I'm so sorry. I know we don't really get along, but I'm here for you. Yeah. Dylan, who is one, like, remarkable killing machine. He's either a Navy SEAL or a Green Beret or, like, whatever it is in the Air Force. He's also an amazing fucking machine. <laughs> sorry. This book's so hot. I, like, his roommate. It on my brain. Yeah. And this is where it starts to really get into fantasy because his roommate is a different kind of amazing killing slash fucking machine. He is not – if one of them is a Navy SEAL, the other one is a Green Beret or whatever it is in the Air Force. I can't remember. And I'm sorry to everyone out there who knows all of this, but it doesn't Jack matter. Jack Reacher would be very embarrassed by this, but he doesn't care. and He's not real. <laughs> so he's like, I have a roommate, but you can stay. And it turns out that Dylan and Aiden are more than just roommates. They, like, also bang it out. And then they both, like, Aiden gets lays eyes on Claire. And she and he's like, okay, yeah, I'm in. She catches them. Like, she doesn't really yeah. quite realize what's yeah. going on. And it is hot. Like, she sees them and she's like, oh, shit. And she watches. <gasps> oh, this book is and then on they're like, fire. Why don't you join? And then it's the three of them together, and it's great. And then her terrible ex comes back, and it's great. And it's just all – everything is perfect. And uh, this is a very fun book, and I guess it's called Ladies' Men now, which, I mean, fine, whatever. So, yeah, the original um, books, there was like 10 of them. Some of them were novella. They all had the word hot in the title. Yeah. And now, and it's the Out of Uniform series. So, like, Heartbreaker now is the number one – is, like, number one with Jen and Cash. It's hot. Oh, yeah. Well, my the, my favorite part about this book, I think I read this one first. And my favorite part is at some point they go to a party, like a barbecue. <laughs> and he's like, we're going to a barbecue. It's with like all the other Navy SEALs and, you know, who we know. And literally every single other couple at the party is a thruple. Yes. <laughs> You're like, okay, sure. That's how it works. This is a wild world that these people live in. Yeah, so I don't know if like like when these got new titles or new whatever, but it is now called the one that we just recommended to you is now called Ladies Men. Mm-hmm. But it was called Hotter Than Ever. Search your Kindle because who knows what's happening over there. Do you have what do you have? I have Hotter Than Ever. No, what do you have next? Oh, I'm like I'm sorry, I'm still enjoying that. Um, I guess I was going to talk about the Tessa Bailey books, but oh, I yeah. feel like – We talk about Tessa Bailey a lot. I feel like we talk about Tessa Bailey a lot. So I will just briefly say there is a pair of books. One's called Getaway Girl and one's called Runaway Girl. And it is the same, right, where like she runs out of the wedding and one is his story and then one is hers. They are both terrific and super hot. I have another one. Um. I want. We said there were aren't that many historicals, but there is a historical by Loretta Chase, a very recent historical by Loretta Chase yes. that is really a delight. It's called A Duke in Shining Armor, um, and the heroine Olympia, who has been voted the most boring uh, spinster in for 
every year of the last seven years, which sounds like a very terrible superlative. And I hope it did not exist in real life in the Regency because I feel bad for all of those girls. Um, Anyway, she gets engaged and um, she decides and then like the he her her fiance shows up drunk to the wedding and she is like, I just can't. I can't do this. So she takes off. And his best friend is like, all right, I'll go get her. So he goes to, like, convince her that, like, he she's doing the wrong thing. That Like, basically, this is her best shot. Like, she's going to get married. This man is wealthy, entitled, and she will – she, too, will be wealthy, entitled, and don't worry – like, and be able to live whatever life she wants. And she's like, but what if what I want is – like more than all of that. And so um he's like and then like there's a conflict there's sort of a, a bunch of like shenanigans mm-hmm. that happen and they end up like having to spend the night in a in a roadside inn and like there's all sorts of, of drama that has to happen and it's very funny in the way that Loretta can be very very funny. Um except and of course like the, the hero Ripley is just trying to be a good guy like he's like i'm gonna get her back to my friend they are gonna get married it's gonna be okay and then he like falls and falls and falls and falls and then it has to they have to figure it out um my last one is rebel hard by nalini singh Mm. Um, this is part of her, it's a contemporary series, and I have talked about, it's kind of a weird, not weird, like there's like a, a there's like two kind of concurrent series almost, or in the word hard is like kind of what ties them together, and I've mm-hmm. talked about rock hard extensively, because that is probably one of my favorite Nalini Singh books. And in Rebel Hard, um, we get Nina Sharma who agreed to an arranged marriage, right, but then sort of figures out at the last minute, like, this is not a good idea. Mm -hmm. And she um, essentially, like, takes off. And it's, like, pretty clear from the beginning, if I remember correctly, like, that she is very, like, nervous from the jump. Like, I don't know if you remember or if you've read these series, everybody, but Nalini does this really, really funny thing where she – the chapters are all kind of, like, these, like, long, funny titles – um, so it's like chapter one is like in which our heroine Naina Sharma enters the Indian marriage mart and encounters an animal of the asinist variety, right? Like it's just really funny. <laughs> um, and then like chapter two is a marriage dress and a good girl gone bad. So like you can kind of tell like what's about to happen as you look at the names of the chapters. Um, so and I think the thing that's like really interesting about this book is um, that it's really playing against uh, like like cultural expectations that she and Raj, who's the man she ends up with, um, are kind of under and like how it feels to sort of be breaking. Like it's not just in this case, like right, like an arranged marriage to run away from that is like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she loves her family and she's always been someone who follows the rules and is a good girl. And so like all of it is really also tied up in – um, you know, like what it means to like do it in that situation. So um, I really liked – I have 
This second series, I have not read all of them. Um, and I can't I can't even really honestly remember how they related to the first series that has Rock Hard. So um, I guess if you're a completist, you're probably going to have to do some more reading. Let me airdropping you into the middle of like a second series of a series I've read. And it was complicated, but um, I thought it was a really interesting way in which we really face. It's not just running away and like disappointing people, but really like breaking kind of cultural rules. I love it. I haven't read that, but I'm putting it on my list. Oh, Nalini Singh knows the job, though. Like, I know. She's so great. Experience. Yeah, She's exactly. so great. Um, okay. I don't think we've ever talked about Lexi Ryan either on the podcast, and I want to because I think she she also is one of those authors who, like, I she rarely yeah, she's stares like me solid, wrong. She's, yeah, solid, she's just yeah. like a really solid writer. Um, and she tells a really tropey, like yes. sticky, like she loves, a, she writes a great contemporary that's full of all the like tropes that you're looking for. Um, so the book is called The Wrong Kind of Love. And Jen, the setup here is like, first of all, twins. Oh, well, there um, you go. The heroine is a twin. She's a twin sister. It begins on their on her wedding on the heroine's wedding day, um, and she is like ready to walk down the aisle. Like you can hear the music playing, and it is like. But she has overheard the night before. She overheard, yeah, her fiance on the phone, and she's like, "He's cheating on me." Like she oh, knows no. he's cheating yeah. on her, and. She's like, what, what do I do? And she hasn't confessed it to anybody. Yeah. And then her twin sister pukes, pukes in the back of the church and <sighs> confesses that she is pregnant <gasps> with the fiance's child. Oh, no. That's terrible. So she takes off. Yeah. The heroine takes off and she takes off. Her name is Nicole and she takes off pretending to be her sister who is about to leave town, presumably because she felt so bad about like the sister feels terrible and like has taken this this job like far away to basically like get out of get out of the way. Sure. Um, Whatever. Still Doesn't no, matter. not right. not there for that. But the so anyway, so she um she takes this job in this town called um, Jackson Harbor, and so you guys, this is like a two hundred book series set in Jackson Harbor. It's not. <laughs> yes, it's like six or seven, but still, it feels like you can stay. You can stick around in this town for a while. So she pretends to be her twin sister, heads off to Jackson Harbor to take this job on behalf of her twin sister. Um. And it is nannying for a doctor, mm. Ethan. And so Ethan and she like, listen, I know it's Duke governess, right? It's doctor. It's it's doctor nanny. And she falls for like this little girl and him. And it's great. And they're super. Oh, the, oh, I forgot the most important part. When she gets to this new town, she has a one night stand. Your favorite. Oh. She has a one night stand. Sure. Because she's like, like I'm going to wash I'll that show them. man right out of her hair. Right. And then the next morning goes to her new job. And oops, I had a one night stand with my new boss. I mean, listen, 
Romance is unmatched. It's I'll great. say it again. This is what I was saying. Lexi Ryan knows the job. She just layers layers them all in. She's got like a big bucket full of tropes. And she's like, <laughs> all right, how many can I put in this book? Um. Anyway, so there is – she keeps the secret though that she's – like that she's not she's the sister right she's not who he hired and uh that has to come out and obviously there's a little bit of drama there but it hits the spot i'm for it that's the wrong kind of love by lexi ryan this is such a fun trope i love it i know and i have one more too that i want to propose as a as an option and that is and this is this is not a 100 level romance everyone and that is cressley cole's the warlord wants forever (laughs) Uh, amazing a plus no notes because now you could go back and you can listen to the episode that we did about this book in season one but i'm just gonna give you the the top line stuff in this series vampires don't they're like they their hearts don't beat right so they can't get erections they have no moving blood they are the undead right until they meet quote their bride at which point there's no saving them like the universe they set eyes on their bride the universe is like this is her it is her forever so sorry hope you enjoy each other and then their heart starts to pound and this is i'm on the record this is my favorite thing in cressley cole books yes because their heart starts to pound and these big dummies it never fails they all think there's a cannon going off somewhere in the room (laughs) because they've gone like thousands of years without their hearts beating and so like their hearts start to beat and that's all they can hear and their blood rushes and they get immediate erections obviously and he meets mist a vampire hunter, Valkyrie, and she is hunting him, and boom, she is his bride, and she's like, I'm going to fuck with him, and she runs. Hasn't she been essentially, like, blooding vampires for sport for a while? Oh, yeah, she has. You're right. (laughs) This is, like, her her MO. But this guy's like, no, she's really my bride. She's it. She's it. And so she runs because he's like, I have to have her. Now, here's where things get a little dicey. And there are two versions of this book. And it's unclear to me. There's like an original version that has a big, cons- that some pretty serious consent issues. And then there's a second sort of reissue where Cressley made some changes. But fundamentally, and listen, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm yeah, so basic and I apologize. But basically the premise of this book is that he gets hold of an, she wears like an enchanted. Yes. Like a gold belt around her that does not come off. It is impossible to come off. Uh, It cannot be broken. And he, because they are fated mates, grabs hold of the chain and she's like, whatever, he's not going to be able to break it off. And he instantly rips it off her body. And the moment he has it in his hand, she has to do whatever he says. And of course, the first thing he tells her to do is get on her knees and come. Mm. And now listen... It's not the greatest example of consent. <laughs> and yet. But it is really hot. If you think that that's maybe your thing. Sure. It's good times. You're welcome. <laughs> that's a great. That's what a perfect ending. Oh, so, Sarah. Because there is I, it, beginning and end, right? Where it's a. Uh, 
Yeah. There it is. It's she runs away from him and then he goes and gets her. Perfect. I love it. It is a very, very fun trope. Yeah, it is. I am certain that we have missed about a million of them. There's also a great the that Amanda Sinelli series that I really love about the Greek brothers. All the runaway brides, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um the first one, it the whole series begins with a runaway bride. Yeah, that is a great series. Um and that book is called Stolen in Her Wedding Gown. Listen. What is it that Jen says? Romance is unmatched. Well, it's my friend Hannah who says it, and I have just co-opted this phrase because it's perfect. Listen, it's great. Kelly needs to make a sticker. She is going to. She actually was has been so busy. She's like, why don't you tell me that? That'd make a great sticker. And I was like, well, I'm sorry you've been so busy. I say it all the time. Romance is unmatched. There's, I have a pile of stickers downstairs that say, um, for some reason, from Kelly, that say, um, books are, it's your, the sticker that you have that oh, says yeah. books are so, books fucking, are so great. fucking great. I can't even. I can't even. And Vic, and, and my daughter said, can I put this on my water bottle for school? <laughs> and I was like, I really I don't think, think you can. And she was like, but why? And I, she's like, it's true. <laughs> I was like, so bringing it around again to things that apparently swears do not matter at all in my house. <laughs> you know what? It's all right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Faded Mace. Tell us all of your favorite runaway bride and or groom stories. Movies you imprinted on with this trope. I suppose your love of mustachioed men and or Sally Field were open to all of these oh, conversations. Sally Field. She's so great. Yay. All right. Bye.